the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The Tuesday edition. It, it feels as though Pittsburgh has gone back to its smoketown roots. Yeah, it's not a good air quality day. Mm-mm, no, no. Canadian wildfires? Is yeah, that I don't think we can blame it on, you know... The U.S. Steel. Right. Production the, in the, the, in the Mon Valley. Uh, no, it's actually Canadian wildfires. But it's... it's Must be or, I think it's air quality orange. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Bad. Okay. It's not red, yeah. but, but orange isn't very good. Apparently all up and down the East Coast. Okay, so here's what's... Now, I am no authority on this. I'm sorry to see you. I know. I said, expecting you to Lex, are you disappointed thinking? You know, it's a little smoggy out there. A little bit. Let's call the authorities. Okay, I got up this morning. It was such a beautiful morning. It was sunshiny and it was cool and everything. Mm -hmm. And somewhere around 1230. Came in. Or one o'clock. It it felt like the air changed Mm -hmm. to me. It felt like it got humid and a little... Dank. Look at it outside right and, now. Uh, but I didn't know it was an orange air quality oh, okay. day yeah, at that yeah. point. But now I think that mm-hmm. to me, I actually noticed that yeah, roll in. Yeah, there it is. Uh, apparently, it's all up and down the East Coast. So it must be a gigantic wildfire. wildfire this yeah. reminds me of Mount too, St. Helens. No, burning trash outside. You Whoa. ever do that? Uh, in New York that. State. In New York State, you, you could, could. You could burn trash. So I grew up my, with my parents doing that. I used that. to love that. Burning trash. Oh, my God. Like every little boy would love I loved that, it. Right? So, and then, this is like the bane of the neighborhood. My mother would like go crazy. You'd save up your aerosol cans and, th- <laughs> and throw them in the burning trash. So it could trash. be like the 4th of July. Oh, my gosh. My mother would like go crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's some right guard. But kaboom. Yeah. We, uh, we lived on Ch- Chautauqua Lake in New York. And in an old neighborhood, really, really beautiful neighborhood, mm-hmm. this is uh, where I grew up. And the houses were very close together. This is not like an epic resort community where everybody has a ton of space. This is an old community established over 100 20s, years ago. 30s, so you're really yeah. close to the people next right. to you. You're all on the lake, which is lovely, but you're very close to your right. neighbors. As opposed to now. Which you're right. in some kind of compound There's or something. Right. This, right. Is, this is yeah. not what that was. None, was of like, the, you know, none of these places you could go into over the winter. Yeah. These right, are working class resorts. Work, working class, mm-hmm. summer only. Kind of like the Catskills. Oh, yeah, I've never been to the yeah. Catskills, Good. but uh, similar? Yes, I would say so. Okay. Well, and similarly cold. Yeah. Anyway, the point, the point is that we're, you're very close together, and neighbors on one side of our house mm-hmm. uh, burn their trash. Oh. Now, as I grew up, trash pickup became available. Yeah. But they kept burning their trash. Mm-hmm. The people on the other side of our house were definitely more of the Sierra Club variety. Mm. Okay. Don't burn it. Don't burn anything. Don't. Anyway. Then the people on the other side started burning plastic. Oh, plastic. So 
So like, you know, a plastic bottle or, you know, whatever it is. Well, the family on the other side of the house thought this was the greatest possible malfeasance. Kindred spirits. Right. That could happen. So both. So the neighbors started arguing Mm. and but they were arguing in our yard because we were in the middle. Okay, so the one guy who was burning plastic was yelling, you know, this is none of your business. And the other people were saying, how could you do this to our our earth, our soil, our neighborhood, our everything? And we were just standing there like, oh, my gosh. Were there petitions started? There were no petitions. You would think this was a petition thing. There was a lot of loudness. And then after that, years of coldness, Mm. years of icy coldness. But you and your family were good neighbors on both sides. We maintained the straight and narrow, John. Excellent. Did what we have to. But why are people burning plastic? But there was a nicer way to say it. You know, it. you can't burn it here in the city, but not too far from you here. Can't you can't burn, burn plastic. You can burn, your, you can burn whatever. What, someone's standing there saying, don't burn that? Well, there certainly it has to be a regulation that you can't burn plastic. Ken and Lynette, I bet you they can burn. I, I, but I bet they can't burn they plastic. They burn whatever. I don't think they Ken, are you do. out there? Give us a call. 800-320-8255. Okay? Anyway, coming up on today's program, uh, issues in robotics. So This is very interesting. I think that we, at least I tend to look at the negative aspects of robotics. Mm-hmm. And then you think of like uh, a bomb diffusion unit. You think, well, that's a pretty good, good job usage of yeah. robotics. There are a myriad of other things that we've never thought of. Things are going to change here very quickly, yes, right? I, I Home so healthcare robotics. How about, how about like sort of like loneliness robotics? That's very sad. Well, but what, it may fill a need. We're going to talk about it at 435 mm-hmm. with Dr. Mm-hmm. Derek Sherman. Also coming up in the five o'clock hour, uh, we'll talk about young adults in the U.S. who are reaching key milestones in life. They're starting to vote. They're starting to drive. They're uh, getting their own health insurance, paying their own phone bill, mm-hmm. like whatever that is. But they're all doing it later in life. A little later. Yeah. So what does that mean? We'll talk about that in the five o'clock hour. All right, good. So uh, let's take a look at the news. Uh, It is a news day, is it not? It is. Okay. Uh, We're going to the power game tonight. Yes, we are. All right. So without further ado, please, uh, the top four at four. For Tuesday, June 6th, 2023, Mm -hmm. number one, Pittsburgh SWAT team leader Andrew Miller testified in federal court today as the Robert Bowers trial entered its sixth day. Andrew Miller said, John that he could feel bullets spraying all around him on October 27th of 2018 as Bowers continued to fire from a back corner of an upstairs classroom in the Tree of Life Synagogue building. He was just missing, he said, Miller said, just missing me. The debris made it appear like the darkened room was filled with fog. Um, Every time he tried to turn on his light, he said it just made it worse. Um, So he finally turned off his light and was able to see the muzzle flash from the AR-15 that Robert Bowers was using. Miller said this, I just didn't want to die. Robert Bowers, age 50, accused of killing 11, wounding several others, facing 63 federal counts, including 11 each of obstructing the free exercise of religion, resulting in death and hate crimes, resulting in death. It's important we know about this. We talk about this. You read about it. This, uh, This is a key thing. Number two, the FCC working through an increasing number of complaints about spam text messaging. The FCC reported that it received more than 18,000 complaints about spam texts last year, which typically come from contacts that you don't know, unfamiliar contacts. Some numbers appear to be invalid or unused, but cybersecurity experts, according to today's Fox Business, are warning people that if they aren't careful with those texts, 
Their cell phones could get hacked, putting important information or money at risk. Mm-hmm. Americans received more than 225, wait for it, billion spam texts last year. That's up from 88 billion the year before. <laughs> so it went from 88 billion to 225 billion in one year. Imagine that being your whole life. I mean, what? Like, what, I'm the, what a you're the waste spam product guy. that you've decided that you're going to do that. Right. The rest of your life. Number three. Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, appeared in a U.K. court today to testify as part of his lawsuit against Britain's Mirror Group newspapers. He is 38 years old. You probably know he's the second son of King Charles III of Britain. And he's suing the tabloid publisher over alleged unlawful info gathering. He said this today, quote, It was a downward spiral whereby the tabloids would constantly try and coax me, a damaged young man, into doing something stupid that would make a good story and sell lots of newspapers. Looking back on it now, such behavior on their part is utterly vile. Whatever your opinion about the royals. I I felt bad for this this guy today reading this. He said at the end of the proceedings, uh, he said he was going to, they told him he's going to have to testify again tomorrow. Mm. And then he said, are you ready for this? This is heartbreaking. I genuinely feel that in every relationship I have ever had in my life, be that with friends, girlfriends, or with family or with the army, there has always been a third party involved, namely the tabloid press. Yuck. He went what after a Piers life. Morgan. Did he? And yes, by he name. Mm-hmm. What a life. It's just yeah. such a sad horrible. story. Just horrible. Number four. I got a weird plant story for you. What? Yep. We, usually we have weird animal stories. I don't believe we've ever had a weird plant no, story. No, We already know that plants... Indoor plants, house plants, brighten up a dreary room. Mm-hmm. But did you know, John, that they may also save you from cancer? Come on. Yep. Many people know that plants produce oxygen, but did you know that they soak up harmful chemicals in the air? Plastic. Plants can... Plants can remove almost all cancer-causing fumes from a Come room on. in eight hours or less. Get That's up. your top four at four. What kind of plants? Lexi, Any plants? Lexi, are you loving the story? I love plants, course, and I love this story. Of course Any you do. Listen, this is a new story. It says it's it's absolutely huge news, but it's incredibly simple to just put a couple plants in your room. According mm-hmm. to the WHO... Poor indoor air quality is responsible for 6.7 million premature deaths around the world because most people spend 90% of their time inside of a building. Interesting. But if you put even one plant in your room, now, of course, you could put 15 plants in your room, but even starting with one, um, it can remove 97% of the most toxic compounds from the surrounding air That's in crazy. eight hours, including, are you ready for this? gasoline fumes come on i'm not lying look it up study finds today house plants rule bring it we need a big house plan today because the wildfires are on 101.5 word we're ann and dave wilson you know marriage and parenting are not easy and we're certainly not marriage experts or perfect parents but we've learned a few lessons over 41 years of marriage and three sons and we want to pass those along to you and we'll also be joined by special guests so join us here each weekday for family life today as together we pursue the relationships that matter most Family Life Today, tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. 
His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Reuter2 today. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Jay, can you finish that induction range installation tomorrow? Orders have really amped up at Nate's Electric. We need to finish installing it first in Maine. Did we hear back from the grocery chain? It's no shock he needs electricians, like yesterday. Smart fridge. Everybody wants one of those these days. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Sarah Etkoff Zelstra is back with us, senior writer and faith and work editor for the Gospel Coalition. You can check out some of Sarah's work, including the book that she co-authored called Gospel Bound, Living with Resolute Hope in an Anxious Age. Sarah, we're glad you're back. Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure, Sarah. (laughs) Sarah, today you've come to talk to us about the bane and joy of our existence, which is social media. It's true. Yeah, I mean... Even the Surgeon General is talking about it. He is, right? We love Mm -hmm. it. We also hate it. And of course, if we love it and hate it, that means our kids are in the same boat. But the Surgeon General, as Kathy just said, has some warnings about it. You're here today to talk about that and a gospel-centered approach to social media. That's right. So uh, about a week and a half ago, the Surgeon General issued a warning. And this, I'm going to quote this, and this is great. He said... The most common question parents ask me is, is social media safe for my kids? And the answer is that we don't have enough evidence to say it's safe. And in fact, there is growing evidence that social media use is associated with harm to young people's mental health. Children are exposed to harmful content on social media, ranging from violent and sexual content to bullying and harassment. And for far too many children, social media use is compromising their sleep and valuable in-person time with family and friends. We are in the middle of a national youth mental health crisis, and I'm concerned 
that social media is an important driver of that crisis. That is, that everything I just said is a quote from him. This is remarkable to me because, I mean, we've been talking about and hearing from the government about our, our mental health crisis among our youth, but this is the first time there's been that sort of open connection um, that they've made to social media. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear this. I mean, mama, don't let your children grow up to be social media influencers or take on social media. Because if you if you had kids, Sarah, who never logged on to social media, as opposed to kids who spend six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day on social media, I'm sure there'd be very stark differences between their happiness and their mental health. There would be an enormous difference in their happiness. They would be, it's just it's crazy when you look at the numbers of depression, um, suicidal ideation, suicide attempts, anxiety, loneliness, sleep deprivation. All of that starts spiking in our kids, especially in our like 10 to 16 year old girls around the like 2007 to 2010 range, which is not connected with anything else that you can think of in our society, except, of course, this major social change of us all carrying social media around in our pockets. Right. And uh, years ago, when the iPhone uh, first came into being, I mean, this was known then because, you know, Apple executives would say, no way my kids are getting an iPhone. So they knew in the infancy how that was bad for you. Yep, exactly right. And it hasn't gotten better as time has gone on. When you think about the way that it's evolved, um, the the news feed and the like button that we know sort of acts like a like a mini slot machine for us, mm-hmm. um, the way that um, there's a lot, so much comparison with the way we even take pictures of ourselves and which ones we choose to post online, and um, it's sort of a race to see who can get so many likes or fire emojis on their pictures. Um, everything, every every step that social media has taken as it has evolved has been, of course, more economically viable for them. They're trying to make money. We have to remember it's a business. But it's also just been um, sort of at the expense of the mental health of our young people. It's strange to think of how it's gotten to this point. It reminds me, we, talk, we were talking about total depravity yesterday on the show. It's a good segment. Yeah, it was actually a very short segment. But uh, I was talking about the fact that, you know, when John Calvin talked about total depravity, he was talking about it, like it in its horizontal sense, which is absolutely everything that humans touch becomes totally depraved. And if that isn't the truth, it was social media. Because, you know, I've read statements of those who were the, you know, the initial um, developers. And they really, and I, I, I believe this, went into it with the best of intentions, thinking that this okay. was going to be a really great thing. And look at what the heck it devolved into. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I don't think, even I think when Facebook first created like the news feed, what they thought they were doing was um, to offer you updates on what your friends were doing without you having to go to every single person's page to do it. And I don't think they anticipated or could have anticipated that what it, what they were doing is turning themselves sort of into a, a cable news channel. Like before you, um, it turned you into a passive user instead of an active user. Um, and it also put you out on, in a, on a stage. Like before you were posting in public, but it was nice being in a corner booth in a restaurant really mm-hmm. The only people you were posting for is the people who would come to your page and look for you. And now every time you post something, it gets pushed out so that everybody looks at at everything all the time. It just changed where you were in in the public scene. And I think the same is true of the like button. When they first put that out, they just thought, oh, you know what we're going to do is clear out the comment section, which was full of these little comments like great or nice to hear it or looks good. 
um, let's just clear those out so we can have some space for more substantial conversations. Of course, what it did instead was basically assigned a grade to every social interaction that you have online. Mm -hmm. You can compare like, how did, how did this social interaction go compared with this other one I had and compared with my friend's social interactions. And so what we did was sort of put statistics on every young girl's, well, everybody's, but especially for young girls' um, interactions they were having with their friends. Hmm. So, Sarah, the genie is out of the bottle. We have mm-hmm. scarred a generation, at least this generation. Who knows about future generations? But you, uh, a gospel-centered approach to social media, whether for ourselves, but especially for our kids. What is that? Yeah, I think the first thing that you need to do is to ask yourself a question, which is, what do I want my kids' social life to look like? And I think for myself, when I think about that, I think I want my kids to have a lot of good, deep friendships. I want them to run around with other kids who share their faith so they can be iron sharpening iron. I want them to run around with kids who don't share their faith so that they can be a servant and a witness to them. I want them to have a lot of deep talks and laughing and adventures. I want them to know each other better because they know each other, like to know themselves better. I want, I just want foundational friendships that could last through, you know, graduating from college and getting married and having kids, people you still go back to. And I think when you sort of think like, wow, the way that you, that you dream of good friendships for your kids, think of that first. And then from there, think if that's my goal for my child, where does social media fit into that picture? Is it, is it something that is supporting that goal or is it actually something it's an opportunity cost taking away from the time that I could be putting into this? Could instead I have girls over to my house on Friday night for a sleepover? Could I take the guys, um, my son and his friends to a baseball game on Saturday afternoon? Could we buy them, you know, it's going to cost money and effort, but could we buy them a kit that they could build or craft that they could put together or wooden wheels that they can assemble in the garage. Are there other things that we could be aiming our kids toward on purpose? Um, Cause that's what it's going to take um, that would look better for them. I think you got to start with those questions right there. Mm. So that's the thing is you, you have to kind of figure out what your goal is and then mm-hmm. work back and come up with a reasonable process to get there because I it's not going to happen otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't exactly. have that plan, it's just not going to happen. That's, because exactly because we we already see it right you know what's going to happen if you don't do anything yeah. your kid will be spending and the surgeon general said 3.5 hours a day our teenagers are spending online uh, just on social media and so that's what's going to happen if you don't do something so i think you have to proactively think and you really can't hit a goal unless you have one right mm-hmm. so um think what you would like for it to be and then how can you get there and maybe for a couple kids Social media plays a small part in that larger picture, but think about how big of a part you want it to play. That's good. You know, uh, you see from time to time uh, groups of kids, you know, who say, we're going to do this as, you know, a friend unit that we're not going to engage on social media. Sort of like, you know, kids going back and espousing, uh, you know, a Luddite uh, way of life. And that kind of makes sense because, I mean, we're talking about it from, you know, 10,000 feet, but if you're... 15, 16, 17, whatever, and you're in the trenches there every day, you know, in the classroom, you've got to go into, everybody knows your business, you know everybody else's business, it's got to crush your life. Yep. Um, I also want to mention these things because I think they're really important. I think there's a couple false promises that social media makes to us, and Mm -hmm. one of them I think is the promise of omniscience, 
that you can know everything and be everywhere and, you know, sort of be like God in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, since that isn't true and we're limited, then I think that brings us anxiety because we because even scrolling a news feed, even just knowing all those things brings us anxiety because we're not equipped to know all that stuff all the time. And I think the other false promise it makes us is that we can be the influencer. We can be the god or goddess that people want to envy or emulate. We can be sort of the standard, right, that we would want people to be like us. And I think that, too, it puts us in the place of God falsely. And I think that brings us anxiety. And it's just, um, you know, a, a giant mess because you actually, if you think about it, you don't want people to be like you. You're a sinful, broken person. Um, we can't pattern our lives after each other. We can sharpen each other and walk alongside each other, but we can't pattern our lives after each other. Sarah ekhoff Zylstra is editor of Social Sanity in an Insta World. You can read more about Sarah and more of her work uh, at the Gospel Coalition website. Sarah, always appreciate what you bring to the show, so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure is truly ours. Yeah, some common sense, some great gospel-centered sense. Social media, whether it's for yourself or for your kids, how do you do it right? This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Streaming June 8th on Peacock, a new original series called Based on a True Story. She is the victim of the West Side River. It's him. I know my killers. Variety listed among the most anticipated shows of the summer. But if we make a podcast about this, we could bring him in on it. Bring the killer in on what? The podcast. From the Emmy Award nominee producer of The Boys and the Emmy Award-nominated executive producer of Ozark. Are you in danger? No, I'm hiding something. We are in too deep. Starring Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina, a new original series called Based on a True Story, only on Peacock. I've always wanted a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor. Mr. Rogers passed along friendship in his neighborhood, hoping we would do the same. So let's get started. Friendship. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724 New Roof. 
Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through One Place are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience. Visit us at OnePlaceRadio.com. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 50. Partly sunny tomorrow, a breezy afternoon. Dense smoke will reduce visibility and lead to hazardous air quality. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 72. Tomorrow night, mainly clear and cool with a low of 47. As we reach Thursday, we'll see sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll only see a high of 69. For Friday, mostly cloudy with a passing shower, high 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Passa o mundo sorrindo, se enche de graça e fica mais lindo por causa do amor. That's the voice of uh, Astrid Gilberto. Yeah. Who, uh, that song came out, what year do you think? 66. Four. 64. Okay. So, good guess. Anyway, Astrid Gilberto is the female voice that you hear on the song, and she passed away today at the age of 83. And even a lot of people who weren't into Brazilian music or bossa nova or anything know that song. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the reason they know that song is because of her and because of her just incredibly spare Mm -hmm. version of the piece. Some light guitar. Right. Really. Just really beautiful. Yeah. So her husband, Mm -hmm. Joao, is playing the guitar. And apparently from what I read today, um, she he was recording with Stan Getz and uh Getz must have stepped out of the room or it was before he arrived or something like that. And Joao asked his wife, his then wife, I believe they later divorced, but to come in and sing a verse. Mm-hmm. And he liked it so much. While she was singing, Getz came, Getz came in and he said, "I, Astrid should sing. And Stan was like, okay. Fabulous. And that was that. I mean, I love it so much. That song uh, was on the first night I met my wife. What? Mm-hmm. It was on what? <laughs> her, her record player. No way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We went. We went to the movies, and she was like, "Come on back." And so she lived on the Upper West Side, and she had this really nice little apartment. She put that on the record player. I mean, I was like, "That's nice." That's awesome. It makes me feel very happy to hear that. Song. That is really it's a good memory. That is really really great. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 1964. I grew up. I must have heard that. A thousand times. <laughs> was your dad's one of your dad's favorites? Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. that gets Joao album was classic. Yeah. Plus the album, the cover itself, the cover art. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, 
You asked me about it before. He's like, do you remember the cover art? I was like, I sure do. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's very, t- it's of the time as well. Mm-hmm. It's very 60s. Yeah, it? yeah. And mm-hmm. if you see, go back today, which you can find on any news outlet, a picture of her. She looks like she is the absolute imprint of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Lovely. 80, how old was she? 83 years old. Her name? Astrid Gilberto. Very nice. Take a quick break. We're going to talk about robots next. 101.5 WORD. In our daily devotional, Charles Stanley talks about the importance of bearing one another's burdens. Start your day with biblical guidance for helping others delivered directly to your inbox with our station's daily devotional email. Dr. Stanley is joined by many other ministry leaders. It's amazing how your day can be shaped when you start with God's perspective. Subscribe to any of our devotionals or newsletters at wordfm.com slash subscribe. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Hey, this is John Hall. Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stop at the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, made from the world's best cotton called Giza. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98. These sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, use promo code WORD at the checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code WORD. Remember, this sale won't last forever, so don't miss out. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hey, did you know only six states still have an inheritance tax? Unfortunately, Pennsylvania is one of them. This is John Steigerwald. You know, lucky for you, you've got Abernethy and Hagerman there in your corner. I know Jay Hagerman. I've talked with him and his team, and trust me, they know you've worked hard for your money, and they know how to help ensure it gets to the ones you love. Protect what you've spent your life working for. Keep more of what's yours. With Abernethy and Hagerman, visit a-h.law. I grew up watching the Jetsons. And lost in space. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a kid, I, I had like this front row seat to what I thought the vision of the future of what robots would be. And I think finally that vision is reality. 
Derek Sherman's back with us. He's been a regular guest of ours over the years. Calvin University, where he is professor of computer science, here today to talk to us about robots. Hey, Derek, I love this conversation. Uh, please bring us up to date on you know what's happening with robots. Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for inviting me yeah. again. And yeah, I was thinking about speaking specifically about uh, social robots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, attempts to build robots as companions for people as opposed to factory robots. Oh. And, uh, and, and and you mentioned, you know, the, the Robbie the robot, you know, like uh, there's a lot of examples in movies of, of, of social robots. Yep. There's a... This movie, Frank and the Robot, about an elderly fellow who has a robot caring for him. There's the, you know, AI uh, film by Steven Spielberg where there's the the robot boy named movie. David, I think it is. Yeah. You know, and there's Ava from Ex Machina. It's this sort of fembot, fatal mm-hmm. fembot, and uh, and then the Iron Giant, right? Is, oh, a, is sort of a. a so th- there's all of these examples in in film, but. Um, as it turns out, people are also developing uh, social robots, you know, to be companions for people, um, you know, specifically child minding robots huh. and elder care robots now are becoming something that uh, that people are working towards. Also at Carnegie Mellon, they have a social robots uh, group there, as far as I, uh, I understand. Really? So, Derek, it's one thing to have a robot on an assembly line putting pieces of a Toyota together. It's a whole other matter to have a robot that cares for an elderly, frail person, someone who's sick. I mean, doesn't that require artificial intelligence that involves empathy and compassion? Yeah, and I guess the, the, the sort of question prior to that is, is it possible to build something that can really feel empathy and compassion using technology and artificial intelligence? And, and uh and I would suggest that that's that's probably a mistaken use of robots, and the, and this is a, a highly controversial area. But the whole notion of of building a robot to be in relationship with a person is uh, is a question about whether or not that's an appropriate use of of robots for companionship. So what's your take? I mean, it's coming regardless, right? Uh, whether yeah. we think it's appropriate or not, is it an appropriate thing? Well, you can actually buy now robots to actually help um, help sort of engage your children in conversation. Uh, child-minding robots. There's there's one on the market called Moxie. Uh, there's 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 robot animals that you can buy that that like substitutes for pets. You know, there's the Ibo robot dog. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. There's uh, there's other robots that are sort of generated to to sort of provide companionship for elder uh, elderly folks who are you know, in institutions and, and, uh, and, and kind of serve as a, as a companion. And, and I would say, you know, and, and, and that, that, that kind of application of robotics is, is kind of a form of deception. You, know, you build a machine to make it appear as if it's actually caring for you. But, uh, but of course, machines can't care. And, uh, and, and to build a machine like that, I think, is to, is to, you know, it might make you feel better that your child has a robot at home, or your or your elderly grandparent has a robot looking after them. But but I think, I, I think those kinds of relationships are a relationship of one person. Mm-hmm. There there right. really is no two people involved, and so that's that's where the the problems occur. I think. That's creepy. I, I mean, well, the, even... the, the idea that we would rely on something robotic for companionship to me is creepy, yeah. but it's not surprising. 
um, based on how we've structured society, uh, you know, yeah. how incapable we are. I mean, I, I was just thinking the other day, I'll indict myself first, Derek. I'm a horrible mm-hmm. neighbor. Um, you know, I, I think about me growing up and how connected the houses were. And I don't mean physically connected, but oh, I mean, yeah. as far as the families in the neighborhood that my parents lived in, we were very connected. I knew every single, yeah. I could go onto my parents' street right now and name every single family that lived in every single house. And that's just the mm-hmm. way it was. Now I'm just, I, I spend my time working Wait, driving so, around. Are you I'm saying just, a robot's going to help you? No, I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I wish it. No, what I'm saying is that I'm not personal enough with the people around me. And so the fact yeah. that somebody would turn to a robot for companionship, companionship is not a surprise. Yeah, I, I think loneliness is, is an epidemic. And I, I, I think you're right. You know, in, in many cases, we don't even know our neighbors so well anymore. We come home and the automatic garage door opens and then closes. And, you know, we don't sit on a front porch. We sit in a back deck, you know, on our own. It, we, it's possible to live and move throughout a city and not really know anyone. And so, you know, the, the attempt to bring about, you know, robotic companions, I think, is, is trying to find a technical solution to one that's really a human problem. And, uh, and and so I think, you know, I, I, I think it's it's problematic in that, you know, really being lonely is something that requires care and love from people who can show empathy. It's a, it's very different to put a machine in that kind of role. And you said it's creepy. And, and I'll mention something else that's even more creepy. People are turning to sex robots. So there actually is a mm-hmm. an industry that's thinking about sex robots as sort of substitute companions. And there's all kinds of arguments why people say, well, this is a good thing for people who are lonely and who aren't in relationships and so on. But but the sad thing is it, it, it might actually, you know, harm you from being able to have a genuine yeah, relationship right. because it's kind of narcissistic. It's a relationship of one person, right? It, it's a relationship about you only. And it, it tends to objectify people in a sense as well. So there, there's lots of problems, I think, with uh with these kinds of efforts. Right. So, uh, Derek, what what does it look like? I mean, you, you mentioned Carnegie Mellon here in Pittsburgh, of course. Uh, bright minds all over the world are creating right now what will soon be just, you know, regular everyday life. What mm-hmm. can we expect? I mean, what? I mean, the genie's out of the bottle, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. The robots are going to be here if they're not already consuming us. This next mm-hmm. generation, of course, so... I mean, it's one thing to go, not so great, but it's kind of like social media. It's already upon us. Yeah, and, and I think we have to be really careful, especially those of us in the Christian community who, who believe fundamentally that people are different than machines and believe in the calling to love our neighbor. And, uh, and, and, and that is something that needs to be done in community. It needs to be done personally. It's not something we can offload uh, to machines, right? And so I think we have to think very carefully about the appropriate use of uh, of, uh, of robotic technology. I think there's lots of wonderful places where we can employ machines in jobs that are dull and dangerous and dirty. Yeah, but tell us some of those thinking, places, Derek. Yeah, well, the the factory floor, you know, and and, yeah. and and machines for undersea exploration, places that are dangerous, you know, or or, or in outer space. Uh, you know, machines that can help in, uh, in, in, in humanitarian demining, you know, these really sort of dangerous tasks that we can, we can basically offload to a machine. Um, another example is sorting recyclable goods, you know, really tedious jobs 
that 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 can be automated and can help make the world a better place. But uh, but yeah, when it comes to you know trying to find someone to look after your grandmother, leaving a, a robot behind is not is not the best way of showing love. I don't think. Right. Um, but at the same time, right? I mean, there's a shortage now of companions or you know healthcare companions people yeah. don't want to do that work anymore so it fits the bill i mean I, I know people who are older and alone and they already use alexa in some way as a bit of a companion <laughs> however limited alexa is yeah yeah and i think there might be a role for robotics in terms of helping with care in terms of let's say heavy lifting right if you're gonna if you need help lifting a heavy patient or you need help with uh um, with those kinds of aspects of care, but having companionship, having like a real nurse at your bedside, having a real family or member or a neighbor at your bedside. Um, I've told my kids too, when I get old, don't put me in an old age home with robots and you know, I want real people <laughs> attending to me. And, uh, and so, and, and, you know, so I think this is something where we have to think about what's the appropriate use of technology. Yeah. And and when we think about that, you know, how does our Christian faith inform us about what it means to be human, what our calling is to love our neighbor and to, you know, to basically show that in a, in a compassionate way. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I think that'll help guide us as we find appropriate ways to use these things. Those are deep questions. Derek, in the world um, where you traverse, uh, are there people who work uh, like, you know, as for lack of a better, like empathy coordinators or people who are interested in those kind of, you know, things that glue us together in a machine mode? Yeah, there, there actually are people who work in an area that's known as affective computing. So it actually has a name. Affective computing is an area of computer science where you try to build machines that can show empathy and machines that can actually interact with people. And, of course, the key word there is to show uh, empathy. Right, they're they not exactly really... experiencing it. Right. They, they can't experience empathy. They, they can't really feel empathy. They can only be programmed to sort of mimic um, those sorts of things. And, and in that case, I think, you know, I, I think it actually dehumanizes us in some way as well, at the same time trying to humanize machines. Right. There's been talk also, right, about um, AI becoming sentient, right, that AI has a spark of humanity about it. I mean, it, it, will that be a thing? Yeah, I think AI that is being used to, to help mimic these sorts of things because it's so so powerful at reproducing patterns. But at the end of the day, there's no there there. You know, it's just a, a bunch of computations that are being performed to, to emulate, simulate, um, you know, uh, empathy or other emotions. So I, I, think, uh, I think this is an area where, you know, our understanding about how people are not machines um, can really inform, you know, how we see what our appropriate use is for, for robots. And, right, and like right. I said, there's lots of wonderful areas where they can really, where they really can help. Well, you know, it's funny looking back, John started the segment talking about the Jetsons. But when you look back yes. at the Jetsons, or you look at, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, Doctor Who, because there was a, a robot in Doctor Who, who had yeah. a, you know, significant role at one point. Uh, all of those robots have real empathy emotion emotion characteristics yeah. right so none yeah. of the robots that we see in cl classically were ever ones that were just you know walking box right going around vacuuming the carpet <laughs> yeah and in fact if you look at the movie wally -E, which i think is a wonderful mm -hmm. a wonderful tale the robots are actually in some ways more human than the people 
Um, you know, the people who are, if you know the, the movie Wally, you know, the people are actually relegated to large lazy boy chairs, <laughs> right. sipping Slurpees, and they're kind of stored away, right? They're kind of a, a shadow of what a human being fully alive is supposed to look like. And the robots are actually quite entertaining and engaging and, and, and so on. So, uh, but what's neat about that movie, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, uh, towards the end, we see humanity returning to Earth, you know, with a little fledgling plant, you know, ready to kind of take on their responsibilities again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, often in movies, they're portrayed, I mean, even Star Wars, right? Who, who doesn't love R2-D2 right. and yeah, right, right. C-3PO, right? So, right. So, so, yeah. so, Derek, I mean, just a broader uh, last question in a way. Are you more um, are you more hopeful for the coming robotic invasion, or are you sounding an alarm? Yeah, I, I for one am not <laughs> am not too worried about robots taking over the earth, but I I am worried about robots uh, not being used in, in in appropriate ways. You know, being being trying to you know offload our responsibilities to care for our neighbor and and to show love to machines. I think is 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 highly mistaken, and so I, I think as these machines get get more and more advanced and uh, and and begin to appear in more parts of our life, I think uh, I think we have to remember what a machine is and what a person is, and let machines do what machines do well, and have people do what they're called to do. So I think that's where we need to go back. That's sort of the fundamental question we need to ask. That's Dr. Derek Sherman, professor of computer science at Calvin University. Derek, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks. Likewise. Thank you. Always a great pleasure. Okay. Well, they're coming, right? They're here. Yeah, they are here. So, Moxie. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest-tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Are you a writer who's devoted your time to writing a book with Christian morals behind it but need help to get it published? Maybe you wrote a children's book, your memoirs, a devotional, or a mystery with strong moral values at its core. Covenant Books has helped faith-based authors publish, edit, and sell their books through Christian bookstores and major online book retailers. Plus, if you call now at 800-255-9500, we're offering a free writer's guide to help you through the publishing process. Our experienced and dedicated staff will review and notate your manuscript with an editor's eye. Then our page designers will format your book to create the appropriate experience for your readers. And if needed, Covenant's talented illustrators will bring your book to life. Most importantly, Covenant Books will help tell your story by printing, marketing, and distributing your book through specialty Christian bookstores and major online book retailers like Amazon, Apple, and many others. Covenant Books, let us help tell your story. For your free writer's guide, call 800-255-9500. That's 800-255-9500. 800-255-9500. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. 
Cross International is going to be asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. More information is coming soon, but in the meantime, if you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling 1-866-806-2977. That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. Turn on Netflix or Hulu or the streaming service of your choice, even broadcast television. Increasingly, for myself, we have the subtitles on, hmm. and I like it. Subtitles. Do you do it, Lexi? What do you think about subtitles? I love subtitles. Thank you. So okay. Much. Now wait a minute. So I only use subtitles when obviously I'm watching a, a foreign film or a TV show. Mm. But sometimes if I'm watching a British show that is from sure. the northern part of Britain or Ireland, I, I, I do feel like I need it. But I would rather not use them. And you would rather use them. Always. Lexi, you'd rather use them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. Because you Both miss so you, much. Tell me. Well, even if you're watching just like, you know, a regular, you know, U.S. produced movie or there's so many nuances to the language. Plus, in the background, you'll, you know, they'll sometimes they'll subtitle radio or television, things that are central to the plot yeah. that you kind of, you know, would bury if you were just listening to it. And so you see it in front of you and you go, oh, I'm piecing together the story because the, the subtitles allow me to see a fuller picture. Lexi? Yeah, I would agree completely. And also when it starts getting late at night, uh, my downstairs neighbor complains to me constantly that my TV's too loud because mm. my TV's very close to the vent, and so he can hear it very mm. often. Right. So I turn down my volume so low that I can't hear anything. Uh-huh. So I turn on subtitles for so that being reason a good as neighbor. Well. I try to be. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like me very much, but, you know. <laughs> but we like you very much. Oh, so. Yeah, see, that's all that matters to me, really. Very nice. Thank you so yeah. much. Now, okay, so this is what bothers me about subtitles is sometimes I get it. the subtitles come up before the actor has spoken them. And I don't want that. Well, what subtitles do for, for me oftentimes, which you have to train yourself, is you feel like as though you're missing the scene. Yes. Yeah, you're the like visuals. you're too busy analyzing it to appreciate it kind of thing. I do get that, right? But you don't suffer from that. It's a battle. But I mean, I, given my druthers, I prefer the subtitles over just straight visuals. I need them now. Wow. And not because it's, you know, you're hard of hearing or anything like right. that. I just feel it adds more to the experience. So you feel like there's too many things you're going to miss if you don't use it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's too many things, uh, more positive, that it adds more than it, t- it takes away. Do you feel like you're working harder? No. Lex, do you feel like you're working harder? Not really. Mm-mm. 
I mean, I know some people are like, it, that's the same kind of bias as people go, I'm not watching a black and white TV show. Oh, I mean, which well, is yeah, ridiculous. Right. ridiculous. Same thing about subtitles. People will not watch, you know, a foreign film because it has subtitles. Right. I have no problem if it's a foreign film. I, I think it's the it's the mouth moving and the text that I I wish that was linked in some way. You just need to do it more. Because I can read a lot faster than an actor is going to speak something. And so I feel like I'm ahead of the plot almost. No? No, I don't buy it. Okay, all right. Turn them on. It's, all right. It'll help your viewing experience, that's all. All, all right. right, we're taking a break. Mm-hmm. News, weather, coming at you. Mm-hmm. After that, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, what happened at Star Lake last night. Okay, Kind good. of interesting here locally. And, and while then, we break away, yeah. Kath has 95 seconds of pain. That's straight ahead on the ride home. <laughs> Stay with us. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Republicans are moving toward a contempt vote against the FBI over a Biden document. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee plans to move forward this week with holding FBI Director Christopher Wray in contempt of Congress. Kentucky Republican Representative James Comer said a more than hour-long briefing he received Monday from bureau officials about an unverified law enforcement tip against President Joe Biden does not amount to compliance with a subpoena. FBI officials came to the Capitol to brief Comer and Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on the panel. The White House called the decision by Comer to move forward with contempt another fact-free stunt intended to spread thin innuendo to try to damage the president politically and get himself media attention. Norman Hall, Washington. The Dow is down 33 points. The Nasdaq leading 42 now. This is SRN News. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. I'll never forget my first pair of Jordans. I mowed neighbors' lawns all summer to save up because I was certain those Jordans were going to make me touch the rim. But then the new shoe blister, to which I gritted my teeth and kept wearing them because blisters go away, but brand new Jordans are forever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and this is exactly like buying a new home right now. Interest rates are higher, an annoying short-term blister, but home prices have come down quite a bit, creating a big opportunity. Because interest rates can go away, but the price you pay for a new home is forever. We've got hundreds of listeners buying their dream home now while prices have dropped with a plan to refinance the interest rate blister down the road. 
we have a direct lender advantage that can often get you a better rate, and we provide a $1,000 lender credit at closing to all our radio friends. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 50. Partly sunny tomorrow, a breezy afternoon. Dense smoke will reduce visibility and lead to hazardous air quality. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 72. Tomorrow night, mainly clear and cool with a low of 47. As we reach Thursday, we'll see sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll only see a high of 69. For Friday, mostly cloudy with a passing shower, high 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Generally, whenever Star Lake is in the news... <laughs> it's not it's good. It's not good. No, mm-hmm. it's not. So, Star Lake in the news once again. Uh, dead and company? Uh, if it's connected with the Grateful Dead, it's not my thing. Yeah, uh, it is. It's the surviving members of Grateful Dead. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How many survive? I you think many four idea? or five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not dead yet. Okay. Um... Uh, last night going to the show, apparently uh, traffic was so backed up, people abandoned their cars and walked two or more miles to the concert. You've got to be kidding me. Some people sat in line okay. for four hours. Uh, four hours. Okay. For reference sake, I went to see Steve, the Steve Miller Band on the 4th of July <laughs> in 19... Uh, Steve Miller. Wait, in 1991. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened. Did 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 it? <laughs> yeah, uh, big old jet airliner, and they were going to fix it. Oh yeah, they're going to fix it. They're going to fix it. Like they, they, certainly they never. It. It's not going to happen again no. after July fourth, nineteen ninety one. It happens all the time. Here we are, all these years later. What is the problem mm. with Star Lake? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it clouds my yes. judgment that I go. I'm I don't want to go there. I'm not going. The last show, uh, the last show I saw at Star Lake was maybe four years ago. Okay, I saw Elvis Costello. Oh, okay. But you were so glad you went. Of course I was, and I left super, 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 super early, like hours ahead of time. Yeah, to so avoid you all would, that. Right. Uh, the last show I saw there was Fallout Boy, I think, right before COVID, mm. and uh, I didn't have an issue getting in and out. Lex, how often do you go to Star Lake? 
I rarely ever go to Star Lake. I think the last time I went was back in like 2015, 16, like Warp Tour era. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So I, I think we're not unusual. You, it's because it's a pain. You never. I, I, it's I in nev- the middle of. I mean, it's right. Burgerstown. It's like okay, but if it's in the middle of nowhere, why don't they have better? I don't know. Egress and what's the other one? Ingress and egress. Yeah. I don't know. How, how, they have all they have is space. I mean, you should see the Twitter page today, Starlink's Twitter page. I mean, it's like people are That's on so fire. Right. People are saying, "I want my money back." I sat for four plus right. hours. Why would they I not? missed the right. show. People got out of their car, abandoned their cars, and walked more than two miles to the venue. <laughs> I mean, how crazy. about now? You pay for your parking. Yeah. When you buy your ticket, mm-hmm. and are you kidding me? You're, yeah. you're paying forty, forty nine dollars to park. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just think people are probably the like last us. time I went for the for Fall Out Boy, uh, I paid for the l- higher parking level. Oh, the VIP thing. Would you pay for that? Sixty bucks? No, no, no. I, but it might have been forty. Mm-hmm. There were six of us in the car, so it was like we were going okay, to split yeah, sure, it. Sure, yeah. Uh, and it does get you out faster which stinks because the whole reason that they can charge that much is because of all the times people have to park their car and walk two and a half miles to get to the venue well they can make it work for a fee probably right i mean anything for a fee what about public transportation to get out there you can imagine that wouldn't that taking the bus to star lake what about my daughter just got back from japan bullet train oh the star lake bullet train can we just do that like you, you, you meet yeah. in I don't know who's going to build that. You meet in the south side, or you and and you take the bullet train, the Yinzer Express. Uh, listen, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it'd be great. they get yeah. a lot mm-hmm. more acts and they get a lot more attendance. Yeah. Why don't we just parachute in? <laughs> it just, might be simpler. It I'm lo- just costs saying, a lot less. I'm tired of the conventional answers. Yeah. All right. Speaking of conventional answers, uh, it's a bad air day in Pittsburgh, which we have relatively regularly. Mm-hmm. We've uh, got bad air in here, don't we? Yeah, we sure do because. You and I have been sick We're for a week. Away. It's ridiculous. Uh, but the the orange alert for air quality today, and I'm trying to actually pull up my notification on my phone, and I can't do it. Um, it's caused by Canadian wildfires. What the heck? How big of a wildfire is that It has is to be a Canada? really big wildfire. Yeah, yeah. We're going to a parking tonight, so will we suffer adverse effects while we're eating our peanuts? Well, they said, they, they said while you're exercising, you might notice that you're a little more... So Kutch and company, they're going to be like wheezing. I don't know. You're going to have inhalers at first base. I mean, what's going on? Come on, you guys. Jiwan Bay goes back in center field like he did last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to have to take a little inhaler. I mean, Pittsburgh. Along with It's them. always a hotbed of bad air, I isn't it? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So this air pollution alert, this one that I got on my phone said mm-hmm. it was just issued for the Mon Valley. Always the Mon Valley. But Always Mon Valley. the Mon Valley. Those poor people. My mom used to run outside and take her laundry down because the mills were dumping yep. their ore dust. Exactly. Right? Okay, it says winds out of the northwest will bring substantial concentrations of smoke from the Canadian wildfires. Hmm. Both Pittsburgh and the Mon Valley will experience code orange. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a tribute to Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Sundown, you better take care. We're going to take a break away from that song, and we're going to come back and talk talk with our friend, Reverend Terry Tim, about what the one another commands are in the Bible. Anothering. And how they're good for our minds and hearts both. Terry Tim coming up next on The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Car payments, credit card payments, home loans. 
Man, that's a lot of debt for you to carry. Let us help you get caught up when you enter the $18,000 Get Caught Up Sweepstakes. The grand prize winner gets up to $10,000 in debt relief. Three first prize winners will get up to $1,000 in debt relief. And 10 second prize winners will get $500 in debt relief. That's $18,000 total. And that could be you. Take steps to get caught up on your debt today. Enter now at wordfm.com slash contests. You've spent your entire working life paying into it. So don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free Social Security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by being informed. Get this free Social Security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word SECURITY to 412-515-3555. That's SECURITY to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $249. Defy your age, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust. Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. From Christ Community Church of the South Hills, Terry Tim is back with us. Terry's been a regular guest. You know someone's been a regular guest when on your Facebook memories, it'll come up as Terry Tim like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm on the ride home. 15 years ago. Terry, uh, oh, we lost him. Oh, we lost him. He fell away. Oh, is he there? No, I'm here. Oh, good, hey, Terry. Terry. Thank you. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I I can't see you on my Zoom screen today. You guys are in the dark. Did you yes. not pay your utility bill today? Or yeah, I mean, something this, about yeah. It's complex. The boss decided that he wasn't going to pay this month, and now right. we're just sitting here imagining what Terry Tim looks. We've like. just decided to do radio, Terry. That's all. Fifteen years. It's. I think it's been. I can't. Thir- no. Thirteen or fourteen. No, I don't it's, think so. I'm telling you, it came up the other day. It can't be. Terry. It can't be. I bet. I bet That's, it's. I bet it's ten. No, no, it's longer than that. Okay. It's probably longer. I mean, time time goes very quickly. You know, speaking about radio, I just 
and Kathy, you'll appreciate this. Uh, I've been list. So this year I pulled my cable. I got rid of my cable TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. This year I've been listening to the pirate games on the radio. Oh my gosh. Isn't it awesome? It's such a different experience. It's like a blast from my you know childhood. Yep. Yep. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Absolutely. My wife thinks I've lost it, but it's cool. It's oh no. Cool. I love it. I listen to every single game. And every, I, you listen to every one. Oh yeah, you don't watch it. Sometimes I watch it, but I, I I listen to every single one. Wow, yeah, and it because it is a different experience. And I maybe like you, I'm hearkening back to my earliest memories of my grandfather. We're listening to Bucko games on his front porch in New Ken. Oh yeah, I mean taking the transistor radio into bed with you at night, and yep. you know, I mean yep. hiding it under the pillow from my parents. No, oh, I'm sleeping in here. No, I'm listening to the <laughs> the West Coast game. You yeah. know, it's it's been fun. But Kathy and John, I thought you'd appreciate a little little Bucko talk. Here. I love that always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have two two great guys who call for the Pirates, so we really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We're going to the game tonight, Terry. Just a little sidebar. Oh, that's good. I was there on uh, last Friday night. That's oh, fun. good game to see. Yeah, that was when they came back again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Tara, uh, you're here today to talk to us about what? One anothering. Yeah. What is that? So the one, <laughs> so the one another commands. What? One anothering. So I heard Doug Wilson years ago at uh, Jubilee Professional, and he said, you need to ing the thing. Ing the thing. Mm. He said, just Take something important and put the ing on it. And take take this concept, take this noun, and make it a verb. And so often in the New Testament, uh, whether it's Jesus speaking to his disciples, the Apostle Paul, Peter, James, John, there's a consistent theme in the New Testament about one another, encourage one another, accept one another, be hospitable to one another, forgive one another, love one another. That's the primary one. And so I just I think it's really important that we you know we talk about what does it mean to one another one another and do this one anothering thing in, in this time and season. So if we're going to look at things that way, um, is this something that you like? Is there a micro approach where it's one thing after another, or are you talking about like a more meta approach looking at the huge span of it? Well. Here, here's what I would love to see. What if we created in the church, both capital C church and, and small C church, the, the universal church, but in our own local congregations, if we nurtured a Christocentric culture. And what I mean by that is like, do we create, do we have a value system and a way of doing life together as the people of God that is distinct from the world around us? And I believe that these New Testament one another's are the key to that. If we would actually embody these things day by day, season by season with consistency and regularity, I think the culture of the church would be vibrant, would be attractive, would be compelling, and people would be drawn to the way Christians relate one to another, as opposed to where we are in the state of the church today, which I think has the culture of the church has been shaped by more so by the culture around us than necessarily the the teachings of the New Testament. I believe you're right about that. 
I do. So so for people listening, they're thinking, okay, so give me an example. Um, talk about, bring up one of the one anotherings that you would, you, that you think that we could implement. So, so one, of the, one of the basic ones is uh, to accept one another. The Apostle Paul in Romans 15 said, we are to accept one another as Christ has accepted us. And, and so I, I, I say to people, like, how has Jesus accepted you? And, and that's an interesting thing to ponder, right? Jesus accepts me. Jesus accepts you. Jesus accepts every human being right where they are. Jesus accepts us in our state of brokenness, disobedience, alienation, the things that we get right, the things that we get wrong, the questions that we have, the doubts, the fears, the anxieties. Jesus accepts us fully. What would it look like if we actually did that to one another and for one another? And said, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter your highs, your lows, your victories, your failures, your doubts, your questions, your beliefs, your convictions, I will accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. I, that would be a game changer. And I also want to remind people, because this is a tricky one, acceptance does not equal approval. And I think that's the fine line. I think quite often our culture says, if you're going to accept me, well, then you have to approve of me and everything that I may think or believe or do or lifestyle choices, whatever it might be. That's not what that's not what the Apostle Paul is talking about. I can accept you and I can fully disagree with you. I can think, you know, you're Kathy, John, you are dead wrong on that. I completely disagree with you, but I still accept you. I value you as an image bearer and as a sister and brother in Christ. That's good. Okay. So I don't don't see that happening too often. It doesn't happen. I think the only way it happens, Terry, to be truthful, is it happens face to face, eyeball to eyeball. It doesn't happen, you know, it happens on the micro level, I believe, successfully, but on the macro level, you know, those group of people, the, them, uh, we're, we're going to, you know, boycott or whatever, or I roll my eyes because I dislike that group so much. It doesn't happen there. Well, it, and that is a huge problem in, you know, as you said, out there in the world, social media. Uh, I mean, one of the things that's happening right now, and, and and I we, we're seeing so many things happen in the Southern Baptist Convention right now, and they're going through their, their annual meeting or whatever, and Rick Warren has been using his social platform very effectively of calling out some of the things that he is just in fundamental disagreement about. He accepts them as brothers and sisters in Christ, it, but it, and it doesn't negate him speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And but this is it requires maturity. It requires a grounding in our own individual and communal um, identity in Christ. Uh, but it's a it's a game changer when when we can do that. Yeah, um, I I always think about what Jesus said to us about how will the world know that I have the that God has sent me is how you love one another. So it's not how much we love those who are outside the church, but how we love how we love each other, knowing that we're all crazy, 
you know, knowing that it's not, I mean, that implies that it's not going to be easy, right? If it's going to be, if it's going to be hard and we're going to do it, it's going to be remarkable enough that people outside the church are going to notice. Jesus was speaking inside the body of Christ, inside his church. And you, you talk about this command to love one another. It is repeated over and over and over again. I think there's over 50 references in the New Testament to love one another. Hmm. 50% of the one anothering texts in the New Testament have to do with love. And it, it's critical. And, and the love that Jesus was talking about and the other writers in the New Testament, it's not this soft, emotional, romantic, sentimental kind of love. It's it's a love that's enacted, embodied. It's a love, you know, how, how did Jesus love us? Sacrificially. And, and I wonder, like, how, how often am I willing to sacrifice something of myself for the sake of a brother or sister of Christ? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not talking about sacrificing my life like Jesus did, but I'm just saying, like, sacrificing my own comfort level or my own position or my own preference for the sake of a brother or sister of Christ. That's what love calls us to do. And again, Kathy, you're right. Jesus said, you want to be an evangelist. You don't have to knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. Just love your brother or sister in Christ. And Jesus says that will be a powerful hermeneutic of evangelism in the world today. Hmm. I love this, Terry. Um, what about um, something that drives you deeper into this? Are there resources? Have you been because you bring this up? Obviously, you've been thinking about this. Um, have you read about this? Well, what actually got me going on this? Uh, you may find this ironic, but years ago, uh, I was reading about Starbucks, the, the coffee company Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And they have been incredibly intentional about creating a Starbucks culture. Mm-hmm. And so what they created was five ways of being Starbucks. And they teach all of their employees, all their stakeholders, all their partners. This is the way we operate as an organization. And it stopped me in my tracks. I thought if a coffee company spends this much time and energy embedding values into a particular culture, how much more should the people of God, the church, pay attention to this kind of work? Hmm. And so I think, you know, obviously the, the, the best resource is to tap into the New Testament teachings from Jesus and, uh, and the apostles found in the New Testament. But I think there's lots of other resources out there. For instance, this, this past week in my church, we were talking about the command to forgive one another. And one of the one of my teachers in the area of forgiveness was uh, Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu from South Africa, and he has a book called the you know the Forgiveness Project, and he he wrote uh, about his experience in uh, apartheid South Africa, and in that truth and reconciliation process in South Africa, he took gospel centered principles into that broken society and brought perpetrators of abuse and those who had been abused, he brought them to the table together so that truth could be spoken, sins could be confessed, and forgiveness could be pronounced. And it was it was critical to the healing and the well-being of that nation. Like, think about that. When, when, when a whole nation could acknowledge their sin against one another and 
pronounced forgiveness. Like what, what a powerful testimony and not just a testimony. It, it, it creates wholeness in a culture. What if, what if families could do this? And one of the things that, you know, again, forgiveness, there are so many myths around forgiveness. Forgiveness does not automatically equal reconciliation. It doesn't mean, Hey, we're buddy, buddy. We, I trust you implicitly from now on, but it's a starting point of getting people back in right relationship. And, and so looking at, at, at like encouragement, there, there are lots of, you know, models out there. One of the earliest church fathers talked about there are two kinds of two kinds of people in, in our life. There are balcony people and basement people. You know the difference between those two? No. So there, there are people in our life who are in the balcony watching our lives unfold and they're cheering us on. And then there's people who are in the basement and they drag us down into that dark, damp, moldy space, right? <laughs> and good. one of the early church fathers just said, what kind of person are you? Are you somebody who cheers your sisters and brothers on or are you one of those you know, people that just drags other people down by their pessimism, by their critique, by their judgmentalism? So that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years in the in the life cycle of the church. And for me, like I need balcony people and I want to be a balcony person to other people. So there's lots of you know practical ways of taking these New Testament one another's and, and putting them into real time and nurturing a culture that again is different than the culture of the world around us. Mm. Terry, that's so good. Yeah, that's really, really good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Would that we would a have enough courage to try it and b believe that it would actually work and worked it. Yeah. Very, very nice. Terry, Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Ter, um, are you on the move yet? Am I on the move yet? (laughs) Give me a little bit more. What do you mean on the move? Last time we talked to you, the church was sort of like nomadic elsewhere. That's right. We that's right. The last time we talked, well, in beginning in the month of May, we started worshiping at St. David's Episcopal Church in McMurray. We're sharing the building with them. They have uh, they have a new sanctuary that their congregation worships in. They have an old restored sanctuary that we are worshiping in. So that happened at the beginning. We're we're about one month in. Cool. Uh, so that's where we worship on Sunday mornings at ten o'clock. It's located at nine o five East McMurray Road in uh, McMurray. And your website is? ChristCommunityChurch.me. Very nice. ChristCommunityChurch.me. Well, Terry, it's always a pleasure, and and you are a balcony people to Kath and I. Uh, We really appreciate your presence here. Thanks so much. Uh, It's always good to be with you, John and Kath. Let's do it. Peace be with you. Terry Tim. Let's go, Bucks. it right roofing siding remodeling specializing in roof replacements for churches and places of worship for nearly 40 years for the church roof replacement specialists in pittsburgh and the surrounding area call 724 new roof today for a free quote oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary oil and natural gas keep going up as the russia conflict escalates get in on the next major oil boom now and help the u.s with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years 
That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Streaming June 8th on Peacock, a new original series called Based on a True Story. She is the victim of the West Side Ripper. It's him. I know my killer. Variety listed among the most anticipated shows of the summer. What if we make a podcast about this? We could bring him in on it. Bring the killer in on what? The podcast. From the Emmy Award-nominated producer of The Boys and the Emmy Award-nominated executive producer of Ozark. Are you in danger? No, I'm hiding something. We are in too deep. Starring Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina. A new original series called Based on a True Story. Only on Peacock. I've always wanted a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor? Mr. Rogers passed along friendship in his neighborhood, hoping we would do the same. So let's get started. Friendship. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Dr. Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 50. Partly sunny tomorrow, a breezy afternoon. Dense smoke will reduce visibility and lead to hazardous air quality. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 72. Tomorrow night, mainly clear and cool with a low of 47. As we reach Thursday, we'll see sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll only see a high of 69. For Friday, mostly cloudy with a passing shower, high 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The parking lot that's being constructed by the old Civic Arena. You're kind of at the top end of downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're sitting at a at the stoplight coming out of downtown, you're looking right at it before you either go left on Bigelow Boulevard or go left and go on 279 North. It's a big building. It's enormous. And it's already up on a hill. Yep. And so it's like the tallest thing ever. I mean, I, does that make sense? Well, probably when they first started doing this, constructing it, thinking about it, planning it, it was before the pandemic. So now 
the Pens, you know, they bought into this gigantic development mm-hmm. over at the former Civic Arena site, and they're doing some good things there. But the centerpiece of it is essentially... The tallest parking garage I've ever seen. Yeah. At the pinnacle of the hill. So... I mean, of this hill, not the hill, capital T, capital H. Increasingly, in those rare instances, when people gather in huge numbers in downtown Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. which they don't often do like they used to, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good to have parking. But now, it seems kind of... Superfluous. What about the Live Nation venue that they're planning on putting there? That's another concert venue. Uh huh. There's a lot of those around. But it'd be better than Star Lake. Okay, so if they were going to put a parking garage somewhere, maybe not at that. It seems like that's a nexus of a lot of things, mm. and maybe that wouldn't. Be. Anyway, do you think that makes sense? No, it doesn't make sense. Okay, because I pulled up to it yesterday. You know what I thought? That's crazy. This doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I've been by there myself. I saw the same thing. All right, does this you make sense? You Union Town and probably see it. The skyline. Now, speaking of seeing things or not, it's a bad day out there. What about fog lights on your car? Oh, yeah. Do fog lights make sense? Mm. I mean, I've never had a vehicle with fog no. lights. But when you get into heavy fog, I'm always kind of praying, gee, I wish I had fog yeah. lights. But do they work? Mm. Are they worth the extra add-on to your vehicle? Because have you ever been bad fog? I mean... Twenty percent, I believe, of all accidents are caused by foggy conditions. Mm-hmm. Does that well, make sense? No, because I feel like if you just put your blinkers on, that's good enough. Oh, please don't even get me started. <laughs> the blinkers. Yeah, I just feel like no, as long no. as you have your blinkers on, then people are like, "Oh, that person's being careful. lost and no, confused." That per- person, and... that person is paying attention uh, and, to what's going on. Oh yeah. Oh, it's is snowing. It... Oh, put my really, it's snowing. You better put your blinkers on. That doesn't I'm make any sense at all. Say, I, I'm saying I'm just trying to show the people around me that I have an extra level of caution. And we, we all do because we're all in the same circumstance. So that doesn't make any sense. 101.5 Word FM, WORD. The Lord has given us gifts, spiritual gifts, to help us do what God has called us to do. Do you know what spiritual gifts are yours? Tune in this week for a new beginning as Pastor Greg Laurie helps us discover those gifts and determine which the Lord has given to each of us. It's a study in Romans this week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-555-88. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-555-88 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-555-88 to see if you qualify. That's 800-555-88. In the ever-changing landscape of sexual and identity politics, how should the church respond? 
Monday, June 12th, Trinity School for Ministry continues its pastoral response series with the rise and triumph of the modern self. A day-long seminar plus evening public lecture with renowned author and professor Dr. Carl Truman to help pastors, youth pastors, parents, teachers, and students understand how we got here and how to address the challenges ahead. The 7 p.m. public lecture is free. For seminar registration, go to tsm.edu slash pastoral. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. This, this is a bit of randomness, John, but I have to bring it up. So uh, I was looking uh, online and I saw that Jane Fonda had appeared at an event. She, uh, Jane Fonda was at Con this year. At the Con Film Festival. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where she spoke for 90 minutes and she like dished on people. Well, just a couple of days ago, she was at some pride event and she was talking about climate change. And the only reason I looked at it, to be brutally honest, is because she looks terrific. She's 85. Uh, right. And I had to see what her hair looked like and what she was wearing. Oh, that's why you went on to see yeah. her. I just wanted to see her. Yeah. I mean, I could say that it was I because I, like I wanted Fonda. to hear the content of her. I'm not uh, a fan. No, I'm not a fan either. She looks absolutely terrific. Anyway, um, but I brought up Jane Fonda and you said that you had something to tell me about Jane. Oh yeah. Well, we were talking off air before the show, and I said, "How did I know? I don't know how this. Well, how did Jane Fonda even come up? I'm not even sure." But I said, "Oh, she just recently was di- dissing on people. She dissed on Robert Redford, saying that you know, I mean, which hacks me off because he can't defend himself. No, why? <laughs> Wait, is he still living? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. You said he, you said to me, he can't defend himself. He's dead, and I'm like, no, he's not dead." He's, he's still alive. So At least I didn't announce it. So take the shovel of dirt off of Robert Redford's head. At least I didn't announce it. Yeah, yeah. Several times on the air, two different times, I announced that two different people had died who hadn't. <laughs> so this was this was good. Two what made you times. think he was dead? Um, I think because Paul Newman is dead. Oh, yeah. And I think I had them. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yes, Kid. Yes, I, I assumed that they went at the same yeah. time. How about uh, the movie The Way We Were? Oh, I can't bear Memories. it. I I hate that song. Ding, 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 ding. I really don't like that film at all. I she she just is. T- you think you say Jane Fonda's tough for you? Yeah. Barbara's real tough for me. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time putting aside her political act. What about her voice? Her singing voice. It's you can't, beautiful. You can't do it's it. It's beautiful, but I. It's just the political act is right. so strong. And I got to be honest, that's she, that's her doing. She's chosen. She's a diva. To live that way. She's still alive? Yeah. Barbara? <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd just go fishing. I was hoping you'd bite. That's mean. <laughs> just that is mean. Hoping you would. 
I just can't. I can't get it out of my head when I listen to her. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. You know, that's like you know. Does a younger generation have people like that that they kind of Lex? Is there somebody like who rubs you the wrong way? Who is like universally like beholden to your generation? You go that that person just drives me crazy. I think I'm in the minority with this one, but she has not done anything wrong. But Nicole Kidman scares me. Oh, uh, well, that, with good reason. Yeah, I love Nicole Kidman she, as an actor. She's what? a really great actress, and it's, what's she done? She's um, been in a lot of like Nine Perfect Strangers is a big one. Um, the recent one, the recent movie that she was in was The Northman. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. She's done some great movies. Yeah, she's an amazing actress, and she does such a good job that she scares me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the plastic surgery. Not good. Has not, I don't think, has helped the situation right. there. I think it's made her look more like the Ice Princess than she was before. A bit, mm-hmm. right. But she's a fine actor. Yeah. Uh, before you were here, Lex, Kath and I would regularly go off, although we could not identify her either in person or by photo, we'd go after Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Which we would go roll our eyes. I think her ex, uh, Elon Musk, is like our generation's like, man, get this guy out of here. Uh, right. uh-huh, and right, right. her, their poor child, who doesn't even have a name, but yeah. has a like serial number. Yeah. Right. Is tragic, right? I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> no, I actually can't yeah. imagine that. Um, okay, so speaking of Jane Fonda, mm-hmm. uh, if you were going to pick a Jane Fonda film, like, can you, if you watch her act, can you put her, because you, you dislike her? Her political act. How about a, uh, a Jane Fonda film? Can you separate them? To, like, can you enjoy a Jane Fonda performance? Uh, no, not really. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you go way, 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 way back, um, do you ever see Clute? Mm, no, but she won an Academy Award for that, didn't she? I don't know. Okay. Her and Donald Sutherland. I love him. I mean, it's a great movie. It's a really, it's a really interesting film, and especially for the time frame. Okay, uh, I remember going and seeing her in the China Syndrome. Oh, with Jack, Jack Lemon. Lemon. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a good film too. Maybe, maybe Michael Douglas too. Uh huh. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. My dad. China my syndrome. dad took my mom Did and I to see that because he thought it was important. Maybe. That was like Three Mile Island. Seventy-eight. Um, Eighty. Yeah, probably early eighties. Yeah. yeah, something like that. That was like you know a meltdown, right? Right. And the cover up around yep. the meltdown. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, that was a good film. Yeah. Um, so how about Brady? Eighty for Brady. Have you seen that? No. I mean, that's, like I would care. Is that Lily about Tomlin? That. That's like the nine to five crowd. Yes. Is that Dolly Parton? No, I don't think see, it's Dolly Parton. See, because we love Dolly. I mean, you love Dolly. Okay. Here's the difference. Jane Fonda has made her politics herself in public. Hanoi Jane. I just can't. So right? I if, mean, there's that. So my generation if, uh, was so part I'm of I'm sorry that. if people like me respond badly to her. I feel like that's something you chose. Dolly. Nobody knows what Dolly thinks about politics. No. People love Dolly because just Dolly's so sweet. So because Dolly just was quiet. It's kind of funny. So Lex, does that like you know how you hear the passion in Cass' voice? Is is that a celebrity thing that has infected your generation as well? Like um, people's politics makes you not want yes. to yes. consume well, course, their media. Probably, yes. I just answered you just answered the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like this generation especially um, will say, "Oh, I don't like this person's politics. I don't want to support them because uh, mm-hmm. money is the best way, obviously, to support anyone." Yeah. Um, so if they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like this person's politics. I'm not going to consume their content because of it." Okay. Yeah. Is that, so, well, that's cancel culture. Okay. Kind. 
kind yeah, of, it, isn't it? In some yeah. way? I mean, that's just, you know, if you're not giving your uh, money to someone, you're giving your time to them. Attention. So, and you're giving them your attention. So simply just ignoring someone that you don't prefer, um, I don't think necessarily is cancel culture. I think you're just using what you want to consume. Do you have any person other than Nicole Kidman that falls into the category for you? <laughs> um, Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know off the top of my head because usually I don't care that much. That's good. That's yeah. healthy. And that's that, that's very want, healthy. I just want to enjoy the content that I'm watching. Right. Yeah. Like we're yeah. drilling down into Jane Fonda here. Yeah. Like, yeah. People right. are like, what are you guys even doing? No, I'm Jane not even dr- We're not drilling down. It. Look, how far down do you have to drill to know that she's made this like her entire public persona for right. 50 years? 60, 70. I told you I saw Jane Fonda in person. Where was that? Uh, on Wood Street in downtown Pittsburgh, yeah? way back in the 70s. Really? She was in town for an event at Point Park College. That's now it's a university. Um, and she was with her, Tom Hayden. Was she married yeah, to Tom Hayden? Yeah, I think Hayden? she was married to him. Was he a congressman? Yeah, or yes. Yeah. Or maybe he was a senator. So I was coming out of the door and she was going in and I was like, holy smokes, that's Jane Fonda. And what did you think? She's absolutely gorgeous. Was she? Of course. Yeah. She's beautiful right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, I'm looking to see if they were married. He was married to Jane Fonda for 17 years. 17 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Democratic party. Mm. Went to the What? That's a shock. Went. (laughs) What are you kidding me? I know it is. It is very hard Uh to believe. Right. Right. Um, and I think he had a child with Jane Fonda. Really? Yes. I think so. Does that remember? She, uh, Jane, uh, He's the father of actor Troy Garrity. Uh, what I was in a, I did something with uh, what was her name? Um, she was a Fonda, what, Bridget Fonda. Oh, they're not related, are they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that Bridget Fonda it's might be Henry's Peter Fonda's daughter. Yes, yeah. I had a scene with her. And how was that? Fun. Oh, was she good? She was fun. Okay. She was sweet. Yeah. On Golden Pond, I never saw that. Oh, you never saw that? I had no interest Catherine in Hepburn. seeing it. She did Catherine Hepburn too. She Jane said, Fonda did. Essentially, she said that Catherine Hepburn did not like her, which is not hard stretch. Well, I don't like her. <laughs> Lex, what do you got? Uh, you said Bridget Fonda. Yeah. That is her niece. Her niece. And who's Bridget yeah, yeah. Fonda's dad? Peter. Not a clue. Or uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Should I see on Golden Pond? <laughs> I mean, no, gotta, I'm not going to see it. No, okay. Let me tell you, though. I did because I was sick last week. Yeah. I was so sick for the first Four or five days. Like, I couldn't watch anything. No. You know, it's, you just have to lay on the sofa just and moan. Later. It's just horrible. Yeah. Um, but then when I started to come <clears> out of it, I watched, and I never watch movies, but I watched two films. Congratulations. That I, you good. I know. Forget and that streaming stuff. Forget no, those episodic no, television. No, it's That's so much junk. better. No, it's, it is. Uh, no, it's not, there's no it's compa- not junk. Get out How of here. How can you say it's so much Stop better? Stop it. Seriously. Can, That's can so misguided. Can I just tell you about the movies I watched? I can't believe it. Yeah, please. For goodness sake. Margin Call. It's the first one I watched. What? Kevin Spacey. Margin Call? What yeah. is that? Yeah, uh, it was a story about the 2008 what? Of all the things we talked collapse. about over the years. Yeah, I'm not... What, I, of all the movies, I said, Kath, you should yeah. watch this. And you, you watch the Kevin Spacey film? He's canceled. 20, no, he is He's canceled. canceled. 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Spacey... Listen to this cast. Kevin Spacey, Paul Bettany, Jeremy Irons, mm-hmm. Simon Baker, mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci... Oh. Yeah, that's good. That's why I watched it. I mean, who are you kidding? How bad can it be? It was outstanding. Was it's a it? very short film, only an hour and a half long. Margin call. But it's um, it's basically uh, a retelling of a true story about 
the first people that discovered what was happening in the 2008 financial collapse. Okay. It, boy, Kevin Spacey, it's so, such a tragic story mm-hmm. because he was mm-hmm. such a spectacular actor. Yeah, he was. He'd anyway. Creeper. It's super creeper. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I watched Margin Call and then I watched um, The Big Short because oh. it was on the same topic. Excellent. What a film. Excellent film. What yeah. a what film. What year was that, do you think? Any idea? Uh, the Big Short. I'm going to look it up. Seriously, uh, why don't you call me and say, hey, because John, I don't need, give me some movies Because I don't need advice. I well, was just, I was interested in the idea. 2015. Hmm, the Big Short. Yeah. So that was Brad Pitt, Christian Bale, Steve yeah. Carell was just such a home run. Oh, um, the other day, uh, the Pirates were on... Uh, yeah, Peacock? Peacock. I watched the pilot of The Office. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the seasons are on Peacock. Of course. So I went to see. I went to the pilot. Of course. Did you laugh? Oh my gosh, it's, it's so, so hilarious. Good. It's so good. It's so hilarious. He looks so different. So. Anyway, Ryan Gosling, also in the big short. Ryan Gosling. Brad Pitt. I mean, yeah. it is such an incredible cast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really is. And the guy from Succession. Um, I have no desire to see that. About you, n- no idea to see Succession, None. the TV show. None. I'm surprised by that. Why? Uh, it just feels as like it's like super hyped, and it's about you know super filthy rich people and it their is. problems. It is. Like I have, have, like, who have, cares? have you ever seen that Lex Succession? No, I've heard that people. Watch it because they hate watch all of the characters because no one hate likes watch. it. <laughs> and, the, it's a waste well, of time. Well, because no one like. I don't mean that in like they don't like the show. It's that they don't like any of. Right, the, right. They've done such good writing that they don't like any of the characters. That's, That's why I watched two episodes of it and I hated everybody. See, but <laughs> why, why? Jeremy Strong, who acts in it, he is also in the Big Short. Yeah. he is absolutely amazing. Really, what a terrific character! Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah, you know who Jeremy Strong is? No, no. Yeah, does this guy look familiar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know him. He's a really great actor. Anyway, so I'm sorry that you're disappointed in the two movies I watched. No, I'm not. I'm very good. Why, like, you wake up from, like, a medical stupor, and and all of a sudden you want to indulge in, like, you know, short selling. (laughs) What is that? I mean, it's a fair question. What is that? It's a fair question. Hacking hacking and coughing. It was just one of those things that I thought, I don't, I'm very bad when it comes to financial matters. Like, understanding. The movies actually did. Yeah, the the both of them helped. So you pr- approach your checkbook with less fear and trepidation. No, not my right? own personal money. I just meant kind of oh the macro, macroeconomics in general. Like I can control. You can control any of that anyway. Exactly. All right. Ryan Gosling. Um, Ryan Gosling. I love him. Was he? He was in uh, the movie you love so much. You know what it is. For a bunch of years now, we've been telling our story on Christian radio stations across the country, meeting thousands of awesome people, like James here, who was nice enough to share this with his radio station. We refinanced our house to get some money to do some improvements. We knew we had some equity in the house, especially with the market booming the way it was, and we were going to see what we had available, see if we had enough to do what we wanted to do with our home. We had heard an ad on the radio station and... I mean, they were on top of everything. Communication was key with us, and and they stayed right there and made sure that everything we needed and any question we had got answered very promptly. I will absolutely recommend United States Mortgage. Over the last few years, most of our homes have boomed in value. If cashing some of that out would help you, whether for home updates or paying off credit card debt with much higher interest rates, we 
are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is going to be asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. More information is coming soon, but in the meantime, if you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling one 866-806-2977. That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. This week is the 1,000th birthday of the Abbey of Mont Saint-Michel. A thousand years since the laying of the first stone. If you're thinking, what's Mont St. Michel? Oh, please look it up. I bet you would recognize it if you saw it. Mm-hmm. It's um, Mont St. Michel is on an island of its own, right off the northwestern, I think, coast of France, uh, very close to Normandy. And uh, it was built, as John said, a thousand years ago, only reachable at low tide for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think they recently, recently within the last 20 years or so, built a walkway that can e- even be accessed during high tide. France has spent $34 million over the last 15 years to restore the building and the work is nearing completion. It's, it it's has incredible. to be, to me, one of the five most beautiful pieces of architecture in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to argue that. It has a population of 30 right now, including monks and nuns. Mm-hmm. Four crypts were constructed on granite on the granite tip along with a church on top. The, um, and this was 966, but it became too small for the pilgrims. Mm. So spurring the builders to create the 11th century abbey that stands today. Really? That's so cool. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, uh, Minas Tirith in the film was inspired by Mont oh, really? St. Michel. Yep. So if you can think back to the film, if you're a fan, you can imagine right. that where that it came from there. Wait, so only 30 people live there? Mm-hmm. Only 30? Yep, 30 people. 
It's massive. Yeah, it's, it's it looks massive at least. I can't even imagine building it. What it would take to get machinery over there. Machinery. It was built in the eleventh century. I mean, but you know, but there was machinery, but it was very rudimentary machinery. But I mean, that's just unbelievable. To the southwest, there are two war cemeteries. Um, a German war cemetery on a small hill maintained by the German War Graves Commission. Um, and the mausoleum there contains the remains of almost 12,000 German soldiers. Wow. Yeah, further away lies the Brittany American Cemetery. That's the final resting place of 4,400, most of whom died in Normandy and Brittany. So D-Day, was it D-Day was Friday? Mm. 79th anniversary of D-Day. Yeah, I think it's today. No, no, it was the 6th. It's the 6th of June. Oh, okay. Today's the 6th. I think it's today. I'm pretty sure it is. How about that? Pittsburgh. Let's go. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.